0: everyone
1: cuckoo <laughs> <laughs> welcome to eurofile i'm katherine rory and i'm kate walker hey kate how Hi you doing guys. i am so good i'm <laughs> so good why are you so good well to start with this morning mm-hmm. what did we do we tried to record yes. an episode. some local and and stuff. and does. i mean if you have been listening for a while you know our plight, our mm-hmm. our struggle with the, you know, we're in L.A. proper, so it's like there's helicopters, there's dogs from our neighbors, there's construction. various construction. And so this morning we dealt with that. And then we were like, you know what? This is comically horrible. So <laughs> we're going to stop and go to lunch mm-hmm. and get a little buzzed. So yeah,
0: we did that <laughs> we're fresh
1: back from and lunch so f- full we of had seafood the most delicious seafood lunch and drinking some more wine yeah we had some what do we have like a little like scallop crudo thing we had some mm-hmm. bread butter and anchovies mm-hmm. what else we had, oh, the, had, best some had. Mm-hmm. the best lobster roll i've ever had the
0: best lobster roll of my life mm-hmm. yeah and a yeah, delicious, delicious. pilsner
1: yeah yeah i had amazing, some amazing wine place. Mm-hmm. Um I told someone that he looked like a character from a Tim Burton movie. So I <laughs> don't know if I'll be able to go there it soon. It wasn't received as well no, as it should he did have been a funny. fuck, but it, it was, was funny. funny. And it was true. Hello, <laughs> he literally looked like the guy from The Corpse Bride. <laughs> Johnny Depp's character. Mm-hmm. He did. But if you ever find yourself at Found Oyster, it's not really European, but you can get beautiful oysters and Yes. And beautiful mm. French Italian wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a plus, Run. a plus spot because it yeah. was absolutely delicious. Beautiful place, beautiful people, perfect Sunday lunch. It was amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. really an ideal. But
0: what did we do last night? <gasps> we had an incredible night last mm-hmm. night. Right, it a, was we're a very killing it this weekend. I know, I know. So we had an amazing night last night. We went mm-hmm. and saw casablanca mm-hmm. at the academy museum mm-hmm. it was on nitrate so a very rare mm-hmm. treat mm-hmm. very special i mean i had never seen the casablanca on the big screen and yeah, me neither. wow it was like seeing it for the first time immediate tears at any you know the big mm-hmm. the tearjerker scenes mm-hmm. we even we Play cried it, before Sam. they were even coming because we knew they were coming and mm-hmm. it was like so sweeping, yeah. It was so. It really funny. is an epic. They're like it, Yeah, it, it is so witty. It is. Everyone mm-hmm. is so charming. Everyone is mm-hmm. hot. Everyone.
1: It, it's a. I was like, wow. I get the I, I get the allure of Bucky Bogart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Smoking hot. <laughs> I think I always thought that, but mm-hmm. this especially played to his charms. And, like, you see him in, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but, you know, shame on you if you haven't. But (laughs) if you have, you know that, you know, Rick in Casablanca and Rick in Paris are very two different Ricks. Richard and Rick. Richard and Rick. Mm -hmm. Which I never really understood that before, that everyone called him Richard in Paris. Yeah. And he just looks so young. He's in love. And then when he's in Casablanca... He's, a He's drunk. hardened. Hardened. Uh,
0: yeah. Hardened, drunk, doesn't give Alcoholic. a shit about anyone. Doesn't no. put his neck out for anyone. Yeah. As he says several times in the movie. Yeah. But, uh, and so it was a symposium, so we had some mm-hmm. people speak before, mm-hmm. and so it was It was a film historian Mm -hmm. who just talked about, you know, there were only three Americans Mm -hmm. in the whole thing. Everyone else was were emigres from Europe fleeing Mm -hmm. the situation during World War
1: II, and it was Mm -hmm. just so. It was fascinating, amazing evening. I had such a great time. Very emotional. Like if you're a cinephile. If you and if yeah. you have access to go see it, yeah, just do it. Like yeah. no brainer, go do it. You'll love, love it. Love, love. love. You'll,
0: it, that's like a once in a lifetime thing, almost. Mm-hmm. Like very Absolutely. special. Okay, cat. So well, mm-hmm. you know, with that, mm-hmm. shall I dive into my topic today? Absolutely. I'm a little tipsy. We're gonna have fun. <laughs> We're gonna have fun. This is a juicy, uh-huh. juicy uh-huh. little tale. Uh-huh. So I, I have asked. We've talked about this before. You know, privately kate do you believe in past
1: lives okay absolutely i do absolutely. absolutely i do me too okay should i say why before or after say no share your story okay so yes i absolutely do believe in past lives for two reasons one well, amongst other things but two personal reasons so one i read the book many lives many masters if you haven't read it absolutely run go read it it's amazing and that actually makes you feel better about living Mm -hmm. and like that past life it's about this woman i'll quickly go through it um it's about this woman who goes to this therapist she has lots of trauma lots of fears like lots like scared of uh water scared like scared of being alone there's like different things no it's real oh it's a real psychologist wrote this book okay Um, So he puts her through hypnosis and Mm -hmm. she discovers in past lives she has, for each fear she has trauma <gasps> she had died life. from
0: yes yes i've in heard a about past this life. you told me so, about so yes sure.
1: absolutely like it's like 200 pages or maybe like 100 pages it's like nothing you could finish it in an afternoon mm-hmm. it it really makes me feel more amazing about my human existence and yeah and like reassured about you know obviously there's religion and that's very nice and like if you believe mm-hmm. in that amazing you know that's a great thing to believe in. But I think, like, with this scientific approach, it doesn't... Yeah, It's not mutually exclusive, I don't think. Like, you can still believe in God or anything you want. But these experiences that this woman had been through, she talks about, like, she gets hypnotized and maybe she drowned in a past life or she was burned alive or, like, stuff like that. And it's, like, so interesting. There's other things that go on that I will not talk about. So if you read that, you will... Honestly, it was a very good book for my soul, Mm -hmm. but I would say absolutely go read it. So yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely, I do believe in past lives. Yeah, and so separately, I'm I'm like pretty woo woo, you know, like I love like manifestation stuff. I mean, I would say woo woo light, you know, like yeah, as far as like astrology, it it could be worse. It could, yeah. or like, could be deeper. It could be atheistic, less, you know. Yeah. So I did this manifestation like class once, and we were um, meditating on hopefully seeing a past life, and I saw one. Yeah. I won't talk about it. Yeah. But I did see mm-hmm. one. That, so, that's one of my I favorite stories it. ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have
0: any experiences like that, but I, I just firmly believe I've been around. Absolutely. I'm like the things that I'm passionate about. It feels that I'm like it's not. It's not just because I like those things. It's like maybe because I experienced them. I, yeah. I was a, mm-hmm. a part absolutely. of that in a past life.
1: That's what I yeah. like to think. It makes me feel maybe good. maybe like a European French, yeah, English I was French, French woman, English uh, for mm-hmm. sure. I just it makes me feel good to think that. So
0: that's what I ascribe to. You know, absolutely. So we are. We're going to talk about
1: <laughs> major tangents. Uh,
0: like, wait, what are we talking about? Um, uh, oh, yeah, it's a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. it, we are going to talk today about a woman in the 1950s in Colorado mm-hmm. who was hypnotized. So, I'm glad you brought that up earlier. Mm-hmm. Into talking about her life in 19th century
1: Belfast as a past okay. life. Okay, it's very so we're fun. traveling to. Kind of Ireland, yes. This Ireland week. Yeah, via okay. Denver <laughs> or uh,
0: Pueblo, Colorado. Yeah, I'll I'll keep the background quick. Okay. The setting is 1950s Pueblo, Colorado, mm-hmm. all American town. L- you, literally, you have, no idea. No
1: idea. what Yes, don't is know like. where that is on the map. No,
0: but you know, suburban dream. You have you go to the diner. Okay. You
1: yeah. go to the soccer. I dogs, kids. <laughs> we have, well in this salesman. case we have yeah. a
0: maury bernstein okay. who is a successful businessman working in construction mm. you know he's very practical normal normal guy very normal guy He loves his family loves his wife supports mm. them
1: and Love one that. night
0: at a dinner party there is a guest who reveals he is into hypnotism and is a hypnotist oh great Oh, and God, I love it for this shit. <laughs> like, imagine a dinner party in the 1950s, and, like, someone yeah. is hypnotized in front mm-hmm. of you, and you're like, yeah. everything I believe is turned upside down. Yeah. And uh-huh. Maury becomes obsessed with mm-hmm. hypnotizing, and he he seems like a very sweet guy and he's like Mm -hmm. i think that this could really help people and he's like why is Mm -hmm. there no scientific research on this this could Mm -hmm. be an amazing thing so Mm -hmm. he does his own research he has a wife who suffers from chronic headaches he -hmm. hypnotizes her her headaches go away okay and and
1: she's this shit is real i really really believe it and throughout the whole process he is still skeptic a science a science man Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's not just,
0: mm-hmm. you know, he's a normal guy
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he's like, I don't know his wife's name. I, I don't have it mm-hmm. written down. Uh, you know, are you trying to make me feel better? Are you lying to me? Please tell me the truth. Do you still have your mm-hmm. headaches? She's like, no, I, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. cured. And this was something she had gone to dozens of doctors clinics about and everyone mm-hmm. told her it was psychological. So now it's gone. Yeah. That's nice. And so he starts helping people in his community by hypnotizing them you know someone wants to quit smoking they quit smoking mm-hmm. he helps yeah. a teenage boy overcome the stutter that you know mm. he's a teenager he, he was like
1: mm. i guess i'm gonna have this rest of my life gone mm. depending how much i love my husband i might lie oh i know exactly <laughs> yeah oh um, sweetie I, yeah. i'm better i'm better yeah. now <laughs> depending on how bad they were
0: yeah um So he's like, this is great. People, trust me, I'm making this community better. Make a difference, yeah. Mm -hmm. But he's like, I'm interested in more. And so he gets interested in regressive hypnosis, which can help people remember lost memories, especially from childhood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in his research, he finds that this works best on people who can like really pass out, like amnesia. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I helped a woman named Virginia Tighe. She came to me for allergies. And she really knocked out when, mm-hmm. I, when I worked mm-hmm. with her. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe maybe she'd be down to, to try this. Mm-hmm. And she was. So, on November 29th, 1952, she and her husband go to Maury's house for the session. And her name is Virginia. She goes by Ginny. So, I'll call her Ginny. Mm-hmm. Ginny reclines on the couch mori turns off all the lights lights a candle and says stare at this flame until your eyes go hazy and eventually she falls asleep okay she's under now she's hypnotized Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he takes her back through memories of childhood going younger and younger until she is talking about moments that she remembers from her infancy which is Mm -hmm. amazing on
1: its own okay now i don't remember shit from when i yeah. was young
0: no nothing yeah i mean let alone infancy you know mm. and then he, he keeps pushing he's like this is why we're here well us like let's keep going mm. eventually a warm smile crosses her face mm-hmm. and he asks her why she's smiling and she says in a light irish accent scratch <gasps> the paint off oh god my i love bed. where this is going <laughs> okay. Scratch the paint off all my bed, and he's like, "Can you explain m- more?"
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She laughs, and in a childlike, little innocent voice, she says she was in trouble with her parents, and in retaliation, she's scratching a fresh coat of paint off of her metal bed frame. Like, okay, okay, you little trickster. <laughs> You're so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Maury asks, you know, oh, you're a child. What's your name? And she mm-hmm. says, Bridie Murphy. Mm-hmm. And so now, I mean, we can call her Bridie. Okay. So she describes more about herself. She says, you know, I'm an eight-year-old. I'm a Protestant. And I live, she or lived, I guess. I don't know, you know, which. Mm-hmm. Tends to use. Yeah. yeah. And she's lived outside Cork, Ireland. Okay. Uh, Maury finds out she was born in 1798, has a father named Duncan, who's a lawyer in town. Mm -hmm. She is named after her grandmother, Bridget. And, you know, Maury, the skeptic, is like, okay, this sounds fake, but let's keep going. Mm -hmm. He asks her to remember something from when she's a little bit older. So she starts talking about being in etiquette school when she's a teenager.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And one night when she's 17, her mother... And her are cooking dinner, and her dad comes home from work with another lawyer and the lawyer's son. Mm-hmm. So the nineteen year old's uh, son is named Brian, mm-hmm. and Brian is is cute. She's like, mm, what's what's going on here? Okay. You know, we're both cool. single. What's okay. happening? But he seems a little serious, mm-hmm. a little humorless, maybe. And she's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like some bore that my parents are yeah. trying to set me up with. I want
1: fun. I'm young yeah exactly yeah and and
0: she's like i want to like i want someone who's like gonna better themselves and like maybe Mm. live in a city and Mm. then she finds out that he's studying in belfast and she's like okay i'm listening Mm. and so (laughs) as the weeks go on they uh spend more and more time together getting to know each other Mm. and she's like okay i I like this guy Mm -hmm. and a year later you know over time they fall in love a year later they get married in cork and soon after the wedding they move up to belfast so he can finish school and they move into the cottage behind his grandmother's house she's telling all of this you know obviously still in trance Mm -hmm. and she goes on to tell more about her life they she says that they never have children but they have a lovely warm marriage Mm -hmm. um never argue he's attentive Mm -hmm. she feels happy he makes her Mm -hmm. feel safe and content just you know a little slice of a normal everyday life Mm -hmm. and he is offered a role as a professor at queen's university in belfast you know good job brian Mm -hmm. he gets a salary bump he buys a nice Mm -hmm. townhouse for them Uh uh-huh she even says she's sad to move out of the cottage with grandma, but is excited to decorate her own place for them. Yeah. They fill the house with happy memories and grow old together. Mm-hmm. And then she describes when um, she's 66 years old, she falls down the stairs and breaks her. Oh, hip Jesus. Okay. And put on bed rest. Mm-hmm. Brian carries her around the house. Are, Are you kidding? I think it's It's just so... Are you kidding
1: me? It's like a touching, you know... Little Irish so I know. Yeah.
0: We just love each other.
1: She's probably making cold cannon stews yes. all the time. Yes. Oh, my God. Cute. Yes.
0: Adorable. And cozy. And that winter, she catches a really bad cold. And between that and her long recovery of the hip that's not really recovering, she knows yeah. that she's dying. Okay. But she's okay with it. You know, mm-hmm. she's lived a life full of love and happiness mm-hmm. and one day she is floating above her bed staring at her body and she knows that she died so oh, she oh <laughs> my god i, love I this know so much. like isn't this just it's just a good story anyway no yeah, matter what you cute. believe mm-hmm. and at least she
1: wasn't like murdered or anything like, yeah scary. i know yeah
0: yeah she lingers long enough to see her funeral Mm -hmm. And then she drifts into an infinite nothingness Mm. and is surrounded by, she says, hundreds of souls drifting around without purpose. No one's in charge and no one really knows where to go. They're just Mm -hmm. kind of mingling. Mm -hmm. And through the crowd one time, she sees her brother who died as a baby. Wow, wow. But in this spirit world he's able to
1: talk and and they have a chat i guess that and he is, knows who so she is wild i know Isn't it this really, really cool? is like many lives many masters really that book other people said, said that's what like makes this? me think
0: like it yes. really is real yeah
1: yeah I yeah
0: know. it makes me feel good i i like to i know think i that. like it yeah yeah same. she says she can't really remember what they talked about but like she just knows how nice it felt to see him and like mm. be with him again yeah and then she goes on to explain, you know, I, I'm drifting around in the spirit world, no idea how much time passes. Mm-hmm. And then one day I'm a person again. And mm-hmm. I am an infant and I have a mother who's calling me Virginia Ginny. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. now she's, she's back to being Ginny. She kind of, she gets to that point and then kind of like comes back to consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so Maury is like, let's end the session for today. Mm-hmm. She wakes up wow. and feels super rested and light, mm-hmm. and then you know she opens her eyes and her husband and Mori are staring at her like, "What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> what, what was that? <laughs> yeah." And she doesn't remember. And a she thing. doesn't know.
1: Oh yeah, my god! She doesn't remember <gasps> a thing.
0: Yeah. Luckily, they were had a tape recorder going, so you mm-hmm. know it was all recorded. You know, she's a 29 year old woman from Colorado. She's like, I don't know anything about Ireland. I've never yeah. been to Ireland and so they're all very intrigued they're like this is crazy Mm -hmm. so Maury is like let's have five more uh, sessions basically Mm -hmm. over those sessions he goes they figure out more details of like every little aspect of her life like yeah she describes the streets that she lived on, the priest's name who married them. Stop. You know, things she would cook for her husband, you know, so th- the name of the grocery store on the corner mm-hmm. called Fars, mm-hmm. And Maury, you know, the skeptic, mm-hmm. he tries to trick her. He's He tries to, like, catch her in a lie, and she never falters her story. She never falls for okay. it. I believe her. I know. Me too. Believe and in 1956, he publishes the search for Bridie Murphy, just, mm-hmm. you know, basically like a diary, a summary of their sessions. Mm-hmm. You know, it isn't fact-checked. Like, they don't go to Ireland and, and see oh what's, my what's God. real. But that's like, maybe you should have done that. Messy. <laughs> oh, that's messy. <laughs> but the public goes mm-hmm. wild. The whole country
1: mm-hmm. is like, whoa. It's like the 20s with like the occult. Yeah. They're so fascinated by this wild story.
0: Yeah. I think hypnotism was kind of like a thing going on in the 50s
1: Okay,
0: the country goes into what Life Magazine calls a hypnotizzy and the book is a bestseller for 26 weeks <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah uh-huh. what a good catchy little slogan okay. and there are pop songs about Bridie, reincarnation parties where you come dressed up as yourself from past life mm-hmm. a cartoon, I thought this was cute um, there was a cartoon with parents welcoming a new baby that says welcome back um there was a reincarnation cocktail which was vodka maraschino liqueur lemon juice and rum like just fun Mm -hmm. you know like infiltrated everything (laughs) Mm -hmm. and of course I mean there's huge backlash because everyone wants to debunk this be a religious story yeah Mm -hmm. for whatever reason like this is there's no scientific reason why we we should believe this and whatever and The Denver Post sends a journalist to Ireland to look for any documentation that could verify some sort of research, and the Post claims that they cannot find any record of a person by this name. But I'm sorry, Bridget Murphy. Every town had a Bridget Murphy you know okay. like so the thing is it's like there's no evidence for necessarily there's no but evidence there's not. okay it's kind of up to interpretation i guess and i mm-hmm. i'm, I'm want to be believer
1: i'm choosing to believe
0: yeah they couldn't find the priest's name that she mentioned um i think mm-hmm. they tried to look for her husband's you know as cuz he was allegedly a professor at the queen's university in belfast like record keeping wasn't the best I guess, mm. in Ireland at this time, and so it was hard to tell. Couldn't find any records of her father, who was a lawyer. You'd think there'd be court records. Mm. Not really the case. They couldn't find much. So the Den- Denver Post hmm. discredits most of her story. But she does give creepily accurate descriptions of Ireland in the areas she mentioned, like Far's grocery store existed for a little while. So it's like oh, how would she okay. know so they like there closer? are things. Yeah. Yes, okay. yeah. She could describe the streets, everything like that mm-hmm. in like very accurate detail. So that's weird. Okay. When the book was published, I think I mentioned it, but I don't know if I did. They used a pseudonym because Ginny was like, I don't want anything to do with this.
1: Yeah, I don't need this This publicity. is my own yeah.
0: experience. Mm-hmm. I don't want this. Yeah, I don't want people thinking like I'm, I'm faking it. I, yeah. Yeah. And she still wasn't really convinced herself. Cause she was like, I don't know what's going on here like I don't remember saying these things Mm -hmm. and then we have the Chicago American newspaper find out her identity I don't know how and they do some digging into her childhood and find Mm -hmm. out that the house she grew up in looked like the house that Bridie described so it's like maybe they think there's like some cross overlap or something and like it really is just Ginny's growing up Okay, this is kind of like the clangor so okay. she had a neighbor named Bridie Murphy Corkell so it's like Bridie oh. Murphy from Cork but Ginny was like I was a little girl we called her Mrs. Corkell I didn't know
1: yeah, her first her name, name let alone her
0: maiden name I'm a, I'm a little That's kid so like, wild. growing up in Chicago yeah. before she moved to Denver or, uh, I keep saying Denver Pueblo uh-huh. and people said that Brian was Ginny's husband's middle name that's too much of a coincidence there were little things like that and metal bed frames wouldn't wouldn't have been very common in ireland little things Mm -hmm. like that so it's like okay i guess Hmm. you know if you if you're desperate to discredit the story i guess you could say that i I kind of have come to the end of the story but it's like like i said there's no proof that it wasn't real okay right that's how i feel about it i choose to believe and And Ginny, later on in life, I think she was, she was 29. She was under, like, everyone was paying attention to her. The whole country Mm -hmm. was obsessed with the story. And so I think she kind of wanted to, like, push it under the rug. But then later on in her life, when she was older, she was like, how do I know it's not real? Yeah. Why was I so quick to, to chew that thought away? Mm -hmm. Like, maybe I think there could be something to this.
1: Yeah. That's so interesting. I
0: agree. And I just Mm -hmm. thought, like, when I discovered the story, I was like, wow, this is really fun and interesting
1: Mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's the story of Bridie murphy (laughs) Mm, i wish there was more info reinforcing this like not not even everything just like more i know like because i like to believe that me too
0: yeah and then because i was like how how is this not real and then when
1: I heard, like, the, the neighbor's name, I like, was like, oh, if you oh, do no. some, like, I know, yeah. if you do any sort of research, you might not have published this book initially. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I guess they were just like, here are our findings, let's put it out the, I mean, like, here's yeah, what we
0: experienced, yeah. done. And, and, I mean, yeah. it was enough to make the country go into a hypnotizy. In a, in a
1: hypnotizy. Yeah. Well, thank you. That was yes, very fun. I do you. believe... What do you have for me this week? Okay, so this week, my little mini topic is going to be the history of the clatter ring. <gasps>
0: oh, my heart. I know Actually, you have one.
1: I do have one. Oh, yeah. I think I have it around
0: my neck with this very moment. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah, I put it on a chain. I have it around my neck. I love that. Actually, I don't know the history well, about it. I know the meaning, we, but tell me. We
1: go. Oh, good. Okay, so... The clattering belongs to a group of European finger rings called fede rings. So fede derives from the word faith and hands. Oh. Like hands joined in loyalty. It's sort of like it was a like a type of ring dating from Roman times when the gesture of clasped hands was a symbol of like a pledging of vows. So okay. like you could use them as like engagement rings, wedding rings. This right. Is, you know, stuff this like is, that. I mean, this so, is my parents' wedding ring. It's a cloud Yeah, out. I love so, that. Yeah. So it's not necessarily ancient. It is newer. Okay. So they're distinctive because the bezel is cut to form two clasped hands that symbolized a plighted trough. I don't know what that means. I forgot to look that up. But basically, they're <laughs> just like, use the motif of hands, heart, and a crown. Mm-hmm. The hands equal friendship the heart is obviously love Mm -hmm. the crown is like loyalty right to the crown so sometimes there are variations without the crown because of this yeah okay symbolism i've seen Mm -hmm. yes there's both ways so the clattering is believed to originated in a fishing village near galway oh it's nice The name used to be Clata or like is Clata, but it's Clata of Galway Bay. Okay. So this distinctive design that we think of today is associated with one of the tribes of Galway, the Joyce family. So Margaret Joyce married Domingo de A wealthy Spaniard. So when Mm -hmm. he died, he left her his fortune. And then she was able to use his fortune to, like, build bridges in Ireland Mm -hmm. and basically do, like, good things in Ireland. Oh, good. So Margaret later remarried Oliver of French, who was the mayor of Galway in the 1500s. And he, he, like, rewarded her for her good works in Ireland Mm -hmm. and gave her... A gold ring and so basically it's sort of like this story of legend of this ring Mm mm-hmm so there's many legends like many versions of the origin but basically it's richard royce he was a silversmith in galway who is said to have invented this specific design and legend has it is that joyce was captured and enslaved by Algerian corsairs oh. in the 1600s while in passage to the West Indies. Oh my God, and he this was is like s- such lore. So lore, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was sold into slavery to a Moorish goldsmith who basically showed him like how to okay. you know, get into goldsmithing and okay. learn how to, yeah. And basically made this ring while in captivity and is he so gave this. Fun. i know this, this just is sounds so irish me it sounds this so, so irish it's like than bigger life. than life yeah <laughs> and then he gave this ring to his sweetheart married and also became a goldsmith in his own right and had considerable success after he was you know enslaved mm-hmm. and was released And so the popularity of this ring happened in the middle of the last century because it was worn by Queen Victoria and later Queen Alexandra. Yeah, Mm, and so these rings were supplied by Dylan of Galway, and there was a royal patent granted to them for this specific design of this ring. Yeah, and so any royalty, like you know how like there's like a patent, a royal patent for like certain things, like hunter boots or like oh yes, you know like the queen wears hunter boots or like you know they're decreed this, yeah. According to Irish author Colin Murphy, a clattering was worn with the intention of conveying the wearer's relationship status, which we, we know as, like, yeah. Americans. I feel like that's, yeah. like, pretty well-known. So there are four different ways, okay? Not oh. just the two. Oh. This is so, so new to me. I know. So on the right hand, pointed with the point of the heart towards the fingertips, the wearer is single and might be looking for love. Uh-huh. So right hand. Available. Yes. And then also number two. So on the right hand with the point of heart towards the wrist, the wearer is in a relationship or someone has captured their heart. So it makes Got sense. Got it. Yes. So on the left finger with the point of the heart towards the fingertips, the wearer is engaged. Got it. Okay. And then when you twist it around and the point of the heart is towards the hand, the wearer is married got it okay Mm -hmm. love that I
0: never knew the right first right hand I know me neither I just thought it was like out or in
1: yeah me too Yeah, so that's the history of the (gasps) clatter ring. I Mm -hmm. love that. So Irish. Like, bigger than, larger than life. Yeah. Such a good story. Yeah, love it. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. The, um, when you mentioned the one without the crown, I thought of, and and I think it's since been lost, and it's like, we, my my sister and my mom and I have talked about this ring. Mm -hmm. When we were in Ireland in 2006, my, Mm -hmm. it was was my first time in Europe, Mm -hmm. and we found at this little shop, I can't remember what what town or wherever we wherever we were. Mm-hmm. It was two hands. It was just it was the most delicate little ring, two hands clasped together. Mm-hmm. And then we realized it was on a hinge, and they they opened up. And inside was oh. the littlest heart so it was Whoa. like three tiny really dainty bands uh-huh. on a hinge so they so there was no oh, crown in that beautiful. one and it was okay. so beautiful and of that's course why. My, my mom yeah. got it uh-huh. and it's since been lost we don't know oh that's we sad. don't know where it is and we're like that was pretty saint anthony
1: yeah he'll Patience bring fountain of lost things yeah. yeah oh
0: thank you kate that really warmed my heart yeah. well i'm glad
1: <laughs> <laughs> i really liked your story Oh, thank you. I love past lives so much. Me too. Yeah. Mm So um, do you have a recommendation for me this week? Yes, I do. I have a fun Instagram follow. I'm going to very sincerely, hopefully say her name correctly. So her name is Monica or Savkaya, but her Instagram handle is Kunja. And she's an Estonian baker, chef who lives in Paris And she makes the most, I've sent you some of hers, but I'll, you know, I'll link, I'll post something on Instagram when we post, but she has the most beautiful, like, aesthetic things. Like, I like that you can tell she's, like, Eastern European, you know, she has, like, cabbaged... cabbage cabbage dishes like stew or whatever braised cabbage like but beautifully plated everything is like aesthetically beautiful but you can tell she lives in paris because it's kind of like pastel like a little there's like a little french yeah mm -hmm. it's like
0: i mean i just quickly the pretty version of that yes yeah -hmm. it's it's like organic has the, like mm-hmm. the naturalness, but it still has the like the aesthetic perfection. It's like yeah. both of the, it, French. Of, of the yeah. French,
1: yeah, way, yeah. Mm-hmm. So go follow such her. A we'll post one. something. That's really we'll good. She's a very good follow.
0: I you? have a silly recommendation and it's a movie that you and I watched the other night okay. <laughs> it's Austin Land oh fun mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have never seen Austin Land mm-hmm. what can I say watch it this week watch it immediately Saccharin. yes a sweet delicious little rom-com fluff Mm. yeah and it just will warm your soul and have it with a cup of tea and like Mm. a little treat and just get comfy and watch something that's so
1: silly and happy Mm. yeah highly recommend absolutely beautiful okay so i'll wrap it up with our word of the day and our word of the day is atl okay a-i-t-e-a-l-l okay it's an irish word and it's the perfect word for spring and it means a fine spell of weather between two showers of rain. Ooh, delicious. That sounds lovely. I can picture mm-hmm. it. You yeah. know, the
0: luscious green mm-hmm. in spring. Mm, and you yep. can smell like the earth.
1: Yep. Mm. Green lush. Maybe little there's little baby rainbow. lambs. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yep. We're such romantics. I know.
0: Okay, okay everyone that's thank you
1: so much for listening Thanks, yes, Kat, thank for you for your lovely story oh, I, you. I, believe, I believe we're believers here mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you everyone Ciao. ciao